Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. Holy shit, Dan Donovan is here. Thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate it so much. So you're living on a narrow boat in mostly or more than East London, is that right? Uh, For the most part, I have been because of the the current situation with with COVID and and the lockdowns and stuff. Um, We weren't permitted to to cruise uh, like for our lifestyle sort of like as we normally would through the second lockdown when I had the boat. so yeah, for that for that five months, I was just parked in in my land outside Queen Mary, um, but now I'm back to normal continuous cruising, which is what uh, my license entails. Which means I have to do. I always forget. I think no one really also knows. I think it's like twenty miles a year, which basically means that like from your point A to your point B, like furthest points, you have to do twenty miles. Okay. Someone's so, someone's screaming, thinking, "Oh God, that's wrong." But you mean you need to basically cover twenty miles in yeah. a year, of, like of of being moored. Yeah. In different yeah. Places. So like, it's not like oh, you can just go and do like Clapton to Hackney Wick to Mile End and do a loop round for twenty oh. miles. You have to go through like certain amount, like everything's split up into like like little, almost like districts, like little sections. Mm-hmm. So you have to like cover enough distance through all of those. So this this year's license, I started out in Chesham, which mm-hmm. is like north. Uh, north London actually out of London you go past the M25 uh, into like Hertfordshire it's like right on the border of Essex as well Um, so I started there and then it means like that's my first point like furthest point and I think I only have to go to Paddington maybe to finish my license but because I haven't been out west since I bought the boat into London I'm gonna probably cruise out maybe I don't know as far as I fancy further than here like I want to go through the tunnel again that's always a fun time. Wait through the oh through the angel yeah, tunnel. Yeah, the angel tunnel. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it like it's funny because when you're walking, you can kind of see the other end, and yeah. it looks like a portal to another dimension. Yeah, and like, holy shit, what is going on? There? Everyone says this, and it's like, oh, how long does it take? And like, is it scary? And it's like, I think it takes like ten minutes, if that. Like, it's not very long. But the first day I bought the boat because I bought it uh, out of London in Northampton on the Grand Union, which is the canal system that travels all the way down to London. Uh, I had to go for a tunnel that took fifty. It took us fifty-seven minutes. Whoa! What is it going under? Is it like a hill? Is it a city? Just what? land, just farmland and stuff. I think it's out in like Northampton, so it's like Blisworth. Uh, I think it's three. It's either three kilometers or three miles long. It took, and it was day one. Never driven a boat. First day in a tunnel. Is for, it lit? Not really. Not by like. There's no actual lights in there. There's like just like. Uh, drains and stuff coming yeah. through so like obviously the, when you get to light you normally get to water as well so mm-hmm. it's pretty gross in there and I got overtaken as well by, by another boat by a 70 foot work boat mm-hmm. so the work boats like carry diesel and propane oh. and, and like goods for the boaters so you can get dropped off onto your boat rather than having to stop somewhere like and go to a petrol station we get like a we get red diesel and stuff like that so we get better prices because um, right. a lot of it's for like heating as well so we get propane for a good right. price and yeah, she just, this woman just overtook me. But I had also, I was a bit of a dick because I had no lights on my boat, like on the actual boat. So I didn't realize that you should have a light on the back so they can see how far away you are. I just had a head, <clears throat> sorry, I just had a head torch on. Yeah. So she thought that my I was further ahead than I was because the light was on the ceiling. Yeah. But it was a good learning curve. It was always fun. Like the whole experience coming down was good because it meant 
I had like it took us nine days to get from Northampton to London and it's oh. like an hour and 45 minute drive wow okay let's take it from the from the beginning so how did you get into living on a narrow boat and um, what's the what's the what's the history of narrow boat living for me so I I've lived in London I'm from London I've been here 30 years now uh, and I've been living at home for far too long and I was I've been living at home to save up I hate the whole idea of renting and all that crap um, so I've just been saving to buy a place um, a friend of mine's in property development we went through all the numbers and stuff and it just wasn't really adding up to what I wanted for like the money I was gonna spend um, and, the, and the buildings and stuff there's just too much too much bullshit like with the service charges and the council taxes and funny enough he had lived on a boat for seven years I think one of the guys that I worked with and then another friend of mine I worked with he'd been he's still got a boat he's nine years I think now and then another guy at work it's all at work all these people on their boats uh, he bought one a couple of years ago and I looked after it during the winter which is obviously the worst time to be on a boat because you have to deal with all of the elements and the heating and the all that fun stuff so I kind of had an experience of living on one and like when I was younger and stuff I've been camping loads so I'm quite used to the outdoors and I quite like the cold um, and I like not being in one place at once or for too long. So I, I like the idea of moving around. And during first lockdown, or just before first lockdown, I, I was sort of more scoping towards the idea of it. And then during lockdown, I was like, oh, fuck this, I need to get out. And like, I want my own space and looked more and more into it. And then I, I'd been to visit uh, the marina uh, in Northampton and Walton, which are where I bought it from, uh, before lockdown started with a friend. And I just bought, one from them through WhatsApp basically because mm -hmm. I couldn't go up and see it so they just kept sending me pictures and videos and I'd send them to my friends and then they'd send me questions and it kind of went from there and then about four days after the first lockdown ended I drove up and picked it up and there we go wow so and it's been like yeah 18 months or so, so last June I got it oh my god what are the things you what are first of all what are the types of, of the boats you can get and then what are the things you look out for in, in your boat so I was going for like a tr traditional narrow boat. So like what you typically see, like the Rosie and Jim style ones. Yeah. Um, so mine's like a typical, yeah, like sort of standard looking one. Um, ideally, like there's sort of two types of those boats. So you have a, a trad style, which means like the engine is inside the boat, which I have. So you have like past my bedroom, there's like a little uh, little door and you go in, there's like a little engine room. So I've got what you call the bilge, which is like the big lining at the back of the boat that the engine sits in. So um, it's like safe and there's no water and stuff and if water gets in it goes into there and you can pump it out and stuff um, and then you can have a cruiser stern which means like the engine's outside and you stand on top of it when you're cruising but it means you almost have like a back patio so people like that for obviously for cruising in the summer and stuff it's awesome because you can have people on the back you can have like a little party but then for me it was like your engine's always outside and even though it's easier to work on your engine when it's like in that situation you don't do it in the winter and mm -hmm. obviously the elements aren't always kind to mechanical parts so that's the kind of two main differences. And then obviously there's the little boats, which look like uh, like dinghies and stuff, and like uh, almost like ones that should be at sea. And they're like fiberglass boats. So they're not made from steel. They have their own issues and pros and cons. And the ones painted orange, they're kind of like no, the, boats. So those ones are actually lifeboats. Yeah, they're I, was thinking like, well, I was thinking about those They as can't well. sink. Mm. And you can't flip them. If you flip them, they flip back around. Right. I've yet to be go inside one, but I really want to see yeah. because they don't have any windows for the most part. Yeah. Like you do see pimp people like pimp them out and like put yeah. like weird windows in, but like I feel like they would smell a bit. 
smell. Yeah, because there's not a lot of doors. Like on mine, like I have loads of windows mm-hmm. and I can open the front door and the back door and I have a side hatch. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of airflow. Yeah. I just worry that like in one of those, like if your bag of laundry is in there, like it does everything smell like your laundry. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's on the next episode. We're going to find out. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. And so there, there is the traditional style of boats, but there are also the big boats, right? The wide beams. Yeah. And then you've got the wide beams and then the Dutch barges. So the wide beams look like my boat, but just twice like mm-hmm. doubled up and then the Dutch barges have like a more of a bargey looking feel to them so they normally have like different gunnels like the bits down the side that you can walk down normally has like a lip sometimes sometimes yeah. they're like double decker as well they're cool yeah. they're expensive but they're cool mm. and I think they're a bit of a pain for maintenance if I remember right mm-hmm. but some of them are really cool and what what is the average or the standard um, setup inside what's the what, how does it look inside so mine, like, you go in the front door and the first section you walk into is my galley, so like my living room. Mm-hmm. So I have like my stove, like I have a diesel fire that I use in the winter. And then I'm, I'm actually building a new sofa at the moment because my other one was too big um, and there was no storage with it. And then you walk through there and you get into my kitchen and I actually have a really big kitchen. Um, my boat's like, I think like two or three inches wider than the normal size, like the regular average. Um, so I've got the biggest boat out of our little armada that we, we, we cruise with. Um, so I'm quite lucky to have like a kitchen on both sides. Like most, my kitchen's bigger than a lot of my friends' kitchens in their mm-hmm. flats, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a lot of storage cause I like, I like to cook. So I like to have all like pots and pans and yeah. I don't want to just have one pot for all. I like to have, I've got like a, I'm gonna get, I've got loads of shit to buy as well. And then you go through that into my bathroom, which I'm changing cause at the moment it's like a, it's its own room. So you have to, but to, if someone's using the bath, like the shower or the toilet, you have to walk past them to get to the bedroom. Oh. So I'm basically going to turn it into like a little box, which most uh, boats have, like it's boxed off and you have a corridor, but the people who had it before me put radiators in and to use that effectively, they had to like box the, like open the bathroom out into a different room, which is fine, but I don't use the radiators because they're so expensive. Mm. Um, so I'm going to change that around. And I've got a bedroom, got like a full, like double size bed. Um, it, that needs renovating, but that's the last job to do because it's quite a big one. And then my engine room, which is where all the fun happens. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah, split into sections and then like some people have reverse layouts, like some people's bedrooms are at the beginning or at the end and then it all kind of changes around. Yeah. Um, some people have their kitchens. Yeah, everyone's layouts are a little bit different. Most, most, I think all of us have sort of this, oh no, Callum's is different. But then you're going through the back of his boat, you're going through the front of my boat. So it gets confusing sometimes. Is, it, has, has he also gone to Queen Mary? No, not that Callum. Okay. No, no, this is this is Callum I work with. Because I remember there's a guy from Queen Mary who was about to, or actually bought a boat, and his name was also Callum. Yeah, never mind. Oh, um, I'll have to d- dig that one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, in your opinion, are the biggest advantages and disadvantages of, of, of a living on a boat versus just living in a flat? You've already mentioned the financial side. So Yeah, well, the financial side is tricky because you spend as much as you want to spend in the sense of like, if you're the kind of person who wants to get stuck in, hands on, something goes wrong, you want to fix it, you can save a lot of money. But if you're someone who just wants to call a guy or call this person to like come fix things, it costs, costs quite a bit. And also boat work takes time. Like, and people are in like high demand and there's not a lot of like engineers for the engines or like electricians, they're, they're pretty busy. So you're going to be waiting a while. Um, I'm thankful that like I've got a lot of people who've done this before me. So when something goes wrong, like even uh, I flooded the bilge, (coughs) 
sorry and uh and my my starter motor got covered in water and i had to get it uh, repaired and my friend had done sort of a similar thing and here we have the same engine almost and so i just did it myself whereas like you might have to call someone to come take it out take it away it costs you like four or five times more than just doing yeah. it yourself so i'm quite happy to get stuck in for the most part um and like you just end up like there's like facebook groups for those sorts of things um that can save you a hell of a lot of money and time and then like other costs really like the main cost is your license which depends on the size of your boat i pay about a thousand pound a year and that lets me stay on the waterways um and then other than that really you're just paying your like i pay i pay less than rent for my uh, my mortgage for my loan that i have to get because i have to get a bit of money to put towards it and like compared to what most people pay for rent in london like it's a lot cheaper but then you have to deal with like moving it's all well and good in the summer when you're parked next to like Victoria Park or like you're in like King's Cross or somewhere and it's like really fun. But then when it's winter and it's dark and you're in like, I don't even know, like Ponder's End or somewhere and it's a bit bleak, like it's a different experience. Um, other cons really are like facilities, like we're, we're quite lacking on facilities in London. Like people think that the boating community makes the Canal River Trust like the governing body a lot of money but i don't think it really does i think it's more like the pleasure boats and the leisure industry that makes most of it but obviously there's so many people living in boats on like let's say like london and bristol that like there's very few like water points and toilet areas um i know the shower situation is getting worse in london like they've shut another one so people who live on those like really small like 20 foot boats obviously most of them don't have showers so they use the facility points to shower or obviously they might have gym memberships and go to like do it at work and stuff so that and bins, God, recycling is a nightmare. If you're like super eco-friendly and, and like obviously you have to recycle at any point, it's so hard. Like I think there's one or two glass recycling points in the facilities that we have. Um, yeah, I was thinking like, what do you do with, with your trash? We have, yeah, so like every few points, there's like, there'll be like a facilities near, near a lock normally. So like you, you have like, you have a water point so like right by the climbing wall, actually at Mile End, there's on the on the canal there's a water point, which is also the best water point in London. Really? To my, yeah, it's the quickest. Oh, what do you mean? There is no cure. The quality. Of no, water the is the it's fast. It's, there, it's there's just a lot pressures, of water. A lot of pressure. Yeah, through. yeah. The one up in Tottenham is like a trickle. If you're lucky, it's oh, wow. normally a nightmare. So you, like my tank is six hundred liters. At Mile End, I think when it's I've never emptied it fully, but I think it takes me normally about half an hour to fill up. How? Um, what do you like what do you need what do you use the water for on, on the boat like do you use it for showers showering for washing up water? yeah feeling like all that sort of stuff just what you'd normally use at home yeah so so i've got a, like a proper shower like my shower's actually quite nice my water pressure is good as well yeah that was one thing that worried me about not buying like not going to see the boat before buying it was like i couldn't check things like water pressure and i couldn't yeah. check like just little things so i was a bit worried yeah yeah and i'm yeah. not really a gambling man but i took a bit of a risk with that it, it did pay out i think yeah, it has paid out. So do you um do you do do you have a boiler to 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 heat your water or do you? I do, but it's awful. So I don't. I don't actually have hot showers. Me neither. I don't really like them that often. Yeah, fuck them. Like, <laughs> you know what? So what happens is also like I have a boiler, but it's an old shitty one, and I could get replaced, but it cost me like two grand, and I'm not that fast. For like washing up, I just boil the kettle. Yeah, it's quick yeah. and easy. Yeah, and then. I don't mind having a cold shower like in the winter when the heating is on. Like if I can walk out the cold shower into a warm room, I'm I'm fine. Yeah. But um, cold on cold is not always great. Uh, but when you when I move the but if I turn the engine on for like an hour, I'll get hot water as well. Mm -hmm. But then the problem is that 
you have to turn the tap on for a while to get the hot water to come through yeah. and you waste like two showers worth of water just to get a warm one so normally what I do is I'll have a shower after I cruise because you've been cruising all day and like you've just filled it with water so you can treat yourself then yeah except for in the summer when it's annoying because you can't always get the hot water to, to you, stop yeah how long does it take you to to move no how long does it take you to for how long does the water last in the in the in, in... I've gone like a good six or seven weeks out of it Oh, that's it's really like, good. Yeah, because it's just me. Yeah, like, just, right. Some, and then sometimes if I get stressed about running low on stuff, sometimes I'll just fill up like jerry cans or like big bottles of water yeah. as well and bring them back with me. Yeah, it can last, like during lockdown, because it was a bit awkward to move and my engine wasn't working at one point. Yeah, I think I was getting like nearly two months out of it. Right. Like shower well, once a day. Yeah. Like you can go for, like fill up your water bottle and stuff at work if I needed to because I was parked right near it and things like that. So... Yeah, I think like, if you had two people or like you had more stuff to do. So I used to have a washing machine and I got rid of that. And I think if I was using that more, it would it would rinse me out a little bit. But yeah. I just I go to the laundry. It's easier. Right. So what's what, what's the what's the in your opinion the difference in the lifestyle if you live on a boat versus if you live um, in, a, in a flat or in a house? Because like even one thing that that I thought is like if you were saying that you need to fill out the tank. And it takes you yeah. 30 minutes. That's, you know, that already has an impact on your lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Like, you have to plan. Because we obviously have to, we have to move every two weeks. So you, most people obviously would move on the weekend when they're not working. Um, because my work schedule is a bit erratic, I can move midweek and stuff. Um, I think one of the, the cool things is, like, compared to living on land, obviously, like, living in a fixed place, is, like, you get to see so much of London. Like, I've lived here 30 years. And I would say the last, like, yeah, the last year, learn more about London than I have in 30 years of living here like the rest of it mm-hmm. um, and seen more of it as well because like most people like when I tell people like oh like have you ever been to Ponder's End or have you ever been to like here or there they're like where like where, where have you been like so it's quite cool to like and it, like, a lot of places as well like connecting the dots especially cycling like you find like all, like every time I cycle I try and take a slightly different route so I'd like fill in all the gaps like almost like a cabbie like you just sort of start to like make your way through London and just find all those little like bits and bobs and yeah. then all of a sudden like you follow a restaurant on Instagram and then you're like oh that's where it is like I cycle this way instead so I think I've really enjoyed learning my city a little bit more as well mm-hmm. and that's why I'm excited because obviously when I got the boat I started east and I went up to Tottenham and came back for lockdown so I haven't been back west since I cruised through the first time so I've never like stayed anywhere in west so I'm excited to and I've never I don't really ever come around here for mm-hmm. much other than for seeing friends and, and the occasional like night out and stuff but yeah it's not somewhere i hang out a lot so i'm quite excited to like see what it's like around here amazing amazing so you got the boat up in northampton yep so you got the boat they give you the keys or you know whatever is the the item that yeah we got keys signifies your <laughs> ownership and what happens then they literally turned the engine on for me pulled me out of the marina and that was it you just go there's no like there's no test there's no when you apply for your license you just have to have like insurance and a safety certificate done by someone and then you can literally just go there's no you can do courses and stuff but because i cruised down with two of my friends who who would help my other friend cruise a lot um it kind of just felt like we had three of us we were totally fine and then my other friend also bought a boat on the other side of northampton Mm -hmm. and like we had to both meet we both were going to meet each other like because we had to get onto the same junction and uh, so we ended up having two boats and five of us so it made getting through 
uh, the journey a lot easier because obviously going through locks takes the most amount of time. Mm-hmm. And like I can do them, but I have done them by myself now. It took me a while, like because every time I move, people normally hang out with me. So um, it wasn't until like earlier this year that yeah, I did some locks by myself, and it takes so much longer because mm. you have to do it on yourself. Or... Yeah, because you like have to get to the like there's like a, a strip like a point before the lock where you can tie your boat up, and then you go and set the lock. Uh, if it's not already set for you, like if you if you get there and it's empty and you need to fill it up because you're going the opposite way, uh, they can take like fifteen minutes sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then oh it's yeah, like, right. And it's tiring because you've got to like push all the gates and that. And if you're by yourself, yeah, it takes a bit longer. And then, mm-hmm. but there's a few of you. I've got a good crew of people now. Thankfully, mm-hmm. like everyone's got ranks depending yeah. on how long they've helped out and what they've done. Like everyone's got navy ranks, <laughs> so it's quite fun. <laughs> and every time someone does say no, they get like an extra couple points and a new badge. Mm, I love that. That's that's amazing. Actually, that that made me think of something that I am personally in, incredibly interested in when it comes to narrow boat living, which is what's the community around it like? What's what are what are the quirks of this community? What are the like you know legends around this community? What, what like can you give me some flavor of it? Yeah, um, I would say I'm definitely not as ingrained in, in the community as I'd like, just because of. Um, just other stuff going on with, with, with me so um the facebook group is like like we have a facebook group with london boaters and and you have to like request to join and like they obviously check to make sure you're not like a con man or like you're just like trying to lower a thief or something because a lot of people do that sort of thing but for, for the most part the community is pretty solid like um there's you get everyone from all different backgrounds you get like the typical like hippie boaters and like then you get like city people who live on boats um, people like retired or like people who are just doing it for 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 fun. Some people are obviously doing it because they can't afford to buy places. I think that's one of the biggest things, especially at the moment. Um, but for the most part, the Facebook group is like the hub of the community for me. I think that's where I see most things. Like, it's cool to see like someone new might join and be like, "Hey, like my batteries are fucked. Like, what do I do? Like, can, or I need to borrow this. Can I do that? Like, there's been tons of times where." Like me and my mates, because we travel together quite a lot together, like we'll see someone and they'll be like, oh, like, can I borrow this? And like, it's kind of like borrowing a cup of sugar. Like yeah. you lend someone something, you borrow something to someone else. Like it's nice. Like if you double, the, the one downside is like we travel a lot together. So sometimes we double more together. So then it means we're always together. And if you don't meet your neighbors either side, you might not get talking to them as much. But recently I've doubled on to people and it's quite nice to like meet some new, some new faces. Double on means that someone is more to the outside of you. Uh, so like th- th- here will be the the mooring and the yeah. sidewalk let's say there's one boat and then you're here as a second boat like that yeah that so like big spoon little spoon okay so someone becomes your your big spoon sort of yeah. thing yeah okay. like that yeah 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 um during lockdown was nice because obviously every all the boats were still there so we got chatting to a lot of people and we still text from time to time depending on where we are um and like I think it's it's cool as well like you do like a bit of a pat like the way you cruise you end up almost in like an armada because you might move on a Wednesday, but then that person moves on a Sunday, but they sort of meet, you always sort of going in the same direction. So there was a boat uh, when I was in Cheshunt, uh, I didn't even meet the people, but I cat sat for them. So like someone dropped their key off and I looked after their cat for them. Mm-hmm. And the other day actually I was dropping my toilets off and I saw their boats and I, and I went up and had a chat with them because I hadn't seen them yet. And it was nice to put like name to face and stuff. Yeah. So you get little things like that or like, yeah, people might just need like anything like, people ask all sorts of questions and they might be new or old and then like yeah like I, I got chatting to a guy the other day he's been on the boat for like five years and then chat to another person they were like been on for like a month so it's kind of cool like there's there's a lot of different characters for sure 
there's always going to be douchebags and a, a few assholes. Like in the group, like people are always very cynical. Really? Yeah. Oh man, people can be people can be ruthless as well. Like because really? people just want to ask legitimate questions, and some people just like keep warriors and just want to like cause havoc. It is fun. That sometimes the, <laughs> the comment section is also awesome. Sometimes. Then sometimes people are set, like buying and selling stuff. It's quite nice that like you could like be doing a project and like I don't know you've needed to buy rope for your for, like fire rope for your stove or something and you've got loads left over and you don't need it you can just be like oh does anyone need this like you people trade stuff and sell stuff and then there's like businesses on the canal as well I thought I was I was thinking are those like recent developments the businesses or where they no there? no I think that, that a lot of them have been around like besides the work boats themselves like which have been going forever like there's a uh, like the bookstore has been in King's Cross for oh that for bookstore for ages yeah um, and then we've got a few bakeries one of them we're losing sadly I think a bakery really yeah there's the floating boulangerie. Hmm. Um, I think I've seen that one yeah they they've just started they've just come back to. Yeah, they might be around here, actually. I have a feeling they might be around this way. Because they were out west for ages. They like they do a lot of west, and then they came back in. There's another bakery. Is it Littleflicker? He's got, like, two small little boats. I've eaten from there a few times. When I was more next to him in Hackney Marshes, it was... It was... Are they actually baking stuff on the yeah. boat? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. The floating of laundry is, like all like I don't know if it's carbon neutral where it's just like they recycle as much as they can and because they do they're French everything's done to like the French standard so it's like they can call a baguette a baguette because they use like all the specific methods and the everything comes from France so like they have oh, some wow. pretty some pretty cool cool stuff like wow, that wow I need to check them out what else is there there's there's like a pizza place like they're yeah, selling beer yeah there's like there's so many and then there's like ones that just do events and things yeah. there was one at one point with a grand piano in there's the floats. tarot there's tarot for oh, sure yeah there's a few tarot ones there's the creepy creepy boat at, um, at Hackney Wick opposite Grow or Crate which is like the shaman spa boat uh, that seems a bit seedy for me oof interesting yeah yeah there's the tarot the tarot boat in yeah. King's Cross I'm always like, kind of tempted yeah. just to see what's up you know a lot of cafes there's a good few cafes as well mm -hmm. they just do coffees and teas and stuff and, and, mm -hmm. and cakes are there any that you can actually go inside and sit in? Or yeah. are, there one, well, are there the, mostly takeaway? No, I think mostly takeaway. I know the floating boulangerie, they have like, you can sit on the back deck and you might be able to sit inside. And they often in the summer put chairs and stuff out onto the towpath if they can. Um, yeah. The ch I don't know if the church serves food. There's a church boat as well. Really? I'm thinking it's still at Hackney Wick. Yeah, it's like this big, they built this brand new wide beam from scratch, which pissed a lot of people off. Why? Because there's enough boats on the water. Like they could have bought a boat and refurbed it. Yeah. Like for right. the money they spent as well. Like obviously the church is not shy of a few quid. Um, but it's got like one of those, you know, the old Volkswagen like uh, camper vans that the lid goes up like that. I think yeah. it's got one of those as well. Oh wow! So it's absolutely pimped up. Yeah, I almost crashed into it once as well because wow. it's parked right by the water point, yeah. and it was a bit busy there, and I forgot it was the church as well. Wait, wait so you you said that there is too many boats on the water right now? Oh, there's so many boats. Yeah. Is there like an upper limit or something? No, this is one of the issues we've been facing actually with the Canal River Trust. They basically were trying to, what we've coined as like culling the boats out of London. So they've admitted that they can't cap the amount of boats that come into London or into a region. They, they can't refuse a license based on your location. Um, so they just try it any other way they can, I think, to try and limit the amount of num number of boats in London because it's getting a bit kind of crazy in one sense, but also not. I think it is a bit overhyped sometimes. Um, it's more the facilities and stuff that can't handle the amount of boats I think 
and I don't think they're keen on giving us more facilities. So there was a whole pro. There's been a whole issue with uh, mooring on the on the River Lee. They were basically trying to implement a, what they called a safety zone, uh, which was a load of shit from Hackney Wick to Tottenham, where you could only single moor. Mm-hmm. So they would ban all wide beams for that whole massive section, mm-hmm. and it would only be single single uh, narrow boats and stuff like they couldn't double up because um, they were trying to say that like they were trying to make it safe for all the users on the river because obviously on the river lee there's the rowing club and they were basically using the row- rowing club as a scapegoat and people were getting really pissed off with them and then apparently someone just went one day and had a chat with them and they had no idea oh geez like they weren't opposed to us um but they were they were like keen i think on making things safe but like yeah mm-hmm. it was just a whole a whole thing and now they're trying to put the signs up to implement this and now like there's a uh like a group called the National Bargy Trust Association, MBTA. Mm-hmm. I've probably got that wrong. I'm so sorry if I have. If someone's listening, people are probably thinking, oh, I've not been on my boat that long, just as a, an yeah. FYI as well. So like some of this shit, I don't always know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still quite new to it. But uh, yeah, they, they like have, like they get in touch with legal representatives and stuff. And there was like a whole petition and protest. And they did like a few like flotillas where like there are loads of boats cruised down the River Lee, like giving out leaflets and promoting that like, it was a load of shit because they basically done they they put in this thing for these safety zones but hadn't done the consultation to like actually see if, if it was needed and stuff so they just skipped loads of steps right um so that's one of the issues we face as well is that sort of constant threat of how they're gonna try and keep us down so i think that is one thing when people were like oh i really want to buy a boat it's like oh you've got to look into the like the future of it and like the eco side of things because i think they want us carbon neutral by 2030 which is not a terrible thing. I'm not against is it, that. Wait, what's the what's the main problem with the carbon? Is it the stoves? Is it well? Mo- so a lot of people obviously have to run the their motors. Yeah, the the, I think it's the engine because it's all diesel and it's red. Well, obviously red diesel is not any worse. It's just different color. Um, but it's like obviously most people have to run their engine for power. Yeah. Which is like you're idling as well, um, especially like Islington. Just before the tunnel, there's an eco zone. So you, yeah, when you're more there, you have to plug into the main line. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you can burn coal, but I've got a diesel heater, so try and Yeah, I was thinking, because I, I, every now and then I see boats with just sacks of coal. Yeah. Or do they people do people use that for heating? Yeah, or? yeah, that's for the heating. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your, your engine will be diesel. Some people do have electric engines. I've seen a couple go past, and they, they, they're just like... And it's really interesting. Yeah. So that'd be an interesting thing to see. Um, and then for the most part, people have wood burners for their for their for their stoves. So yeah, you, you start with wood. You put the coal like they have these eco fuel things or whatever these these briquettes. Um, but I have a diesel one, which is luxury, really. Mm-hmm. Um, like last night, I turned it on and I woke up this morning. And it was the same temperature as it was last night. Yeah. Whereas like when you have a wood burner and you've got to do all the cold and stuff, you've got to get into the knack oh, of like yeah. how to load it up before bed and like make sure it doesn't burn out. And yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because my grandma for a really long time used to have like a really old school coal Oh, so, sick, yeah. Yeah, God damn it. If you, like, you would load it up at night, you would wake up in the morning, it was freezing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, when I looked after my friend's boat, he's finished, and he forgot to, like, give me the ins and outs of, like, how to, like, tinker with it to make it, like, really, like, effective. Because he's, like, on the continent, like, most people have wood burners. And I know, like, uh, the pe- pellet, have you seen the pellet burners? Mm-hmm. When, like, it has, like, a hopper and it drops the pellets in. I think that would be something when they get the power consumption right will be, like, probably really popular. But for now, like... Obviously, we have a 12-volt system we work from, so power is obviously an issue as well. Like, going back to the pros and cons, like, 
you always see people like, oh, I want to get an inverter so I can run like straighteners and a hairdryer, and everyone's just like, shut the fuck up, like, give up on those things because if you're yeah, if you're that keen on like having all those luxuries of life, you, you probably just have to get a permanent mooring, and like mm. obviously that's the the big money. Like if you're paying monthly to stay somewhere, that's really expensive, but mm. obviously you pay cheaper to cruise. So they're they're your two options really. What are the advantages of permanent mooring versus location? Cruising? Yeah, I guess like that stable location if you're working somewhere or you've got kids. Um, not to say that lots of families don't cruise because they do. I've seen plenty and they and they make it work. My friend had his baby on the boat. Like they literally took the baby back from the hospital and they were on the boat mm. there and then. So it can be done. But I guess, yeah, some people just, I think they like the boat yep. itself um, and then just find a mooring. But that in London, again, is, is like paying rent. So yeah. you're paying anywhere from probably four to fifteen hundred quid a month, depending so, on the location and and how big your boat is and stuff. So the advantage of that is that you have access to electricity. Yeah, that as well. You have electricity. Some will have like, depending on where you are and how much you pay, you might have a like it might be a gated community as well, so it'd be safer. Yeah. Um, because obviously breaking into boats is pretty pretty common yeah i was thinking about that is how's how's the safety because like so, sometimes when i walk a, a, along the you know uh, canal i'm like this is a little bit fucking sketchy yeah yeah it has its moments um in lockdown we had a boat behind the boat behind me got cleared out uh uh-huh. he had a small like cruiser uh, like a little fiberglass one he had like a surfboard not a surfboard a snowboard electric skateboard and like a load of equipment taken uh-huh. um and then a guy not, just on the same stretch as us recently just got cleared out like they took batteries they took solar like there's a we, we the rumor is there's a boat going around about like, a, a boat is going around robbing other boats oh shit because they're taking shit that you wouldn't even like taking batteries like they're taking like your your solar controller like your panel goes into like a box that does all your power and stuff and they take those they take really specific things so that are worth money obviously it's not yeah. just like junk um so there's all sorts of different and there's obviously on London there's London boaters and then there's London it's like London boaters crime watch or something yeah because in London boaters they won't let you name and shame people like if if you see someone robbing a bike and you take a picture they won't let you post it but this other group will so you uh, kind of get like it's like the dark web of like London boaters sort right. of it's like the shit you're not meant to see so yeah like it is sad like during during the winter time especially from like around like the Limehouse Cut, like Free Mills and Bow and stuff, that's notorious because it's not quite as populated with boats. So like during the winter, that's normally the place where people avoid because it's like, you know, you're like the risk is higher there as well. Between Limehouse and where? And like Free Mills. So that if you like, say from Hackney Wick, you go around to Limehouse, um, rather than going down front past Vicky Park, you can keep going straight down oh. around that towards the basin like on the other end, yeah, that can be quite bad. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. Is it because it's kind of like secluded or? It's the, I think during the winter, the solar's quite bad down some, a lot of it, so people don't like to moor down there. Um, plus I think it's just like, when my mate first got his boat like nine years ago, I think he was like, no one really moored in Mile End because it was too rough. Yeah. I think it's just one of those like, not the boats gentrified, but I think like, it's not quite got a community there within itself already yeah. as much maybe that's like linked to the boating community mm-hmm. so i think maybe they struggle to get more people down there Fair. and obviously people are scared of going down there so it's obviously people are reluctant to, to stay Fair but play. it's gonna be interesting because in from january 1st they're going to shut the the bit down from uh, mile end to hackney wick that goes along vicky park for maintenance again oh really yeah they it happened last year Why? so last year they had to rebuild or the, the earlier this year they had to rebuild part of like one of the uh, banks 
So they have to drain the whole thing out. Like, wow. it's pretty interesting to see. Um, so they're closing that again for three months. So it means for three months, they'll have to push all those boats around. So hopefully maybe it, it helps. Um, but yeah, getting broken into is always a worry. It was like the first stress, for like the first month, every, every time I left it, I was like, fuck, I'm gonna get robbed. Like, yeah, is it common? It can, yeah, it can be. And everyone's got a story. Like when I first went to Hackney Wick, my friend was like, oh, don't stay in Hackney Wick, you'll get robbed. And then when I went to Clapton, someone else was like, oh, my friend got robbed in Clapton. It's like someone gets robbed everywhere. <laughs> you just, it's just the game that you have to play, really. You just yeah. gotta be as smart as possible. Like, if you're not working from home, don't leave valuables there if you don't need to. And if you do, you've got to find good hiding places or make it so that like, I know people who have like had hidden floorboards and you or you have to drill things out to be able to get to like a compartment where their stuff is. Make, just making it as difficult as possible. If they want to get in, they'll get in. Like you've got big windows. I've got like people got shitty front doors. Like they'll find a way. You can like, I think when you get to the point of putting like bars over your windows, not like, prison bars but they put like a, a couple metal like yeah. skinny ones so that you can't walk through I think if you get to that point almost people will want to rob you because they know it looks like you have something to hide Yeah. so like sometimes having a shitty looking boat can always also help but like my boat's looking a bit crack boaty at the moment Yeah. it's got like loads of wood on the top and it's looking a bit raggedy so ah, hopefully but bike, bikes are a common I always stress about my bike getting stolen because that's just more of a fucking inconvenience like if you woke up in the morning and my bike was gone and I had to get to work I'd be like yeah that's that's the one i worry about because i don't like leaving my bike inside the boat anymore because i've been renovating and the space where my bike used to live there's now a table i'm trying not to destroy everything yeah exactly exactly that's what i was thinking what are the in terms of geography of london and living on on the boat what are the you know the spots are there are, are there any like is the community different let's say in west london than it is in east london i think so from what i've gathered like when i was on the river lee like going up towards like uh like cheson that way like when i was talking to people who just have a license for the lee and the river stall um and they seem to be much more like chilled out and like they like the slow pace of life um but then i feel like it's divided like you're either like you either really love going east or you really love going west Mm -hmm. so like one of my friends his wife worked in west um, and his kid went to school there, so like they always did like Mile End to like Rickmansworth, which is really far west to do their mileage. Whereas like a lot of people will do like Mile End to Chesham or like to Broxbourne or somewhere to do their mileage or, or further out. So I think yeah, there is a little division like that, but not like a rivalry. Just like kind of like you like one way or you like the other. But I haven't really decided because I have not been and stayed west yet. But it's kind of nice because my friend Mikey, who did all the West London stuff, has been like, oh, I really liked it here and here. And like, this spot is good because it's near to this thing. Um, so like, like, it's some good pointers. And I think everyone finds their own favourite spots. I think on the Lee, I really love like Millfields Park in Lower Clapton by the like, Lee Bridge Road. Mm-hmm. There's like a bend there and that's one of my favourite spots. Because mm-hmm. it's really pretty and it's close to work. And it's easy to get back to my parents if I need to as well. Like okay. it's, it's just situated in the right place. It's like 10 minute cycle to work. It's a nice cycle. Um, there's shops nearby and yeah. it's, just, it's just handy it's convenient and my friend lives right next door to it as well so mm-hmm. if I have any boat advice he, he lives there and okay. like when I what, what was the... oh no we got we got it was, I think it was the first time we moored there we went past the spot that he recommended and we had to turn around and it was just a whole like catastrophe of like spinning around three or four times to find this space Turning, turning the boat turning the boat difficult sometimes yeah because I've got a 55 foot boat and I think I can move, I can turn around a lot of places, but sometimes it can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Even at mile end, like if people park in the wrong space, like turning around there can be a nightmare. 
Let's um actually we're talking about nightmares. Let's talk about sinking boats. You oh, mentioned yeah. about that. Um. So yeah, I, when I got back to London, uh, from Northampton, maybe like must have been like a weekend. I I killed my batteries, which is a really quick thing to do because you will do something stupid like leave the inverter on with the fridge on, which I did. So I came back and my batteries were dead. So I went to go check on them um, to start taking them out. And I realized like in the bilge, there was like a lot of water. And obviously like, I hadn't noticed it. And I was just thought, I texted my friend like, is this normal? And he was like, dude, take that shit out there now. I had like probably 200 liters of water underneath my engine, partially covering the bottom of my engine, probably about four inches away from getting to my batteries and like into any inlet as well. And I presume it was from the stern gland, which is like, I'll get onto. Um, so I had to, but because my batteries had died, my pump wasn't working. So I had to scoop it all out by hand. Oh wow. So that was not fun. And then I moved again and it happened again because when I drained it, I couldn't see the drip, like any leak or anything. And then the second time it happened, uh, I drained it out and then I could see where it was leaking from and I, and I sort of fixed it up. And then, uh, yeah, that's always a, a, a stress as well. Cause like when you like more like, obviously when you leave, if the water level changes drastically and your ropes are tied wrong, not wrong, but like tied too tight or too loose, you can tilt, you can tip. Mm. Like if someone's ropes are over your boat and they go under, like they can drag you down as well. So you've got to be careful of shit like that. Oh, yeah. I see. So this logistics. is where, this, this, is, logistics. This, is, this is what can get you. Like Someone else can get you. Rope. Yeah. Oh, wow. Happened in lockdown right by uh, Clapton actually, someone's, someone's boat got taken under by another boat because they, they were moored on the outside and their lines were going over. I'm pretty sure this was it, don't hold me to this. Yeah. And they went under, yeah, both, both of them. But when, when you say they go under, is it like boats got damaged or boats like were underwater? Underwater, yeah. Underwater, yeah, so it's just water damage. Like, I think if it's in that instance where like, say you just get a leak in from the stern, which is like an easier fix, like it's not like an actual penetrated hole damage. Like they just, they just pump all the water out and raise you back up. I think it's like quite a simple procedure, but yeah. then it's obviously drying the boat out and dealing with all the internal damage yeah. rather than structural damage. Whereas obviously if London can be notorious for hitting shit, like basically any bridge in London, you have to think, what has someone thrown off of this? Most likely like safes. Right. Safes. Filing cabinets, trolleys. There was a Boris bike in there the other day. Yeah, Again, bo- bo- Boris bikes. bikes get in there, normal bikes, prams, traffic cones. Uh, man, there's. Do you know what the deadliest thing is? IKEA bags, because no. if that, that those fucking things get trapped in your prop, they're a nightmare. They can be a proper pain in the ass, and it's quite common as well. You see people posting like, "Oh, I just pulled this out my weed hatch or like off the prop," and it's just an IKEA bag. Yeah. Also, really sturdy things. So, wait, why would people f- throw fucking safes ah, in the water? What is because going like on? if if like back in the day and stuff when people used to rob safes more more, more commonly like. They crack the safe and then they just chuck it off a bridge. Oh shit! They just get off the bridge. And That's then it's gone. crazy. So, so yeah. That's if, so good. If you've if you've not got a sturdy <laughs> boat and you you clip one of those, like my a friend of mine bought a boat and the the hole was like, I think one point was like two point seven mil, which is like Rizzler paper for a boat. And like if he had have hit like a balloon, two point seven millimeters yeah, thick of, of steel. Oh. I think that was like the lowest point. And he was like, yeah, if I had a hit like a shopping trolley, I would have gone under. Wow. So. Oh my god, the safe really cracked me. Yeah, literally, That's like, incredible. So, so yeah, you gotta worry. There's weird little things that you have to worry about, but for the mo- most part, like, cruising's really fun in London. It's really easy. People what? get stressed out because, like, there's lots of boats, but you don't go fast, and there's not a lot of room to, like, actually crash into shit as well. But, but I also see that there are cleaning 
you know, efforts. Oftentimes you will walk along the canal and there will be some ancient metal kind of carried oh, right out of the yeah. water. Who, who's, who's doing that? Is that's it, uh, that's uh, magnet fishers. There's like a group of people who are into like magnet fishing, mm-hmm. um, which oh, is wow, also pretty really? fucking dangerous because they put out like hand grenades and shit and <gasps> stuff from the from the wall. Really, especially around here, they shot the climbing wall recently, like a couple months ago. They evacuated it because they thought they found a hand grenade behind really? it. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. yeah. When they drain it out, there's they always pull out guns. I reckon they must be there must be loads of guns in the canals, especially around the east. <laughs> definitely like there's got to be loads of firearms in there yeah people pull out like the magnet fishers they actually in a group the other day were just saying that they're going to start just clearing shit out like some people do it for fun to see what they can find and some people just do it just to clear the canals right so much like some of the groups that do like the the water side stuff as well where they, they do like the they grow stuff or they clean the canals like there's a few of those that want to get involved with uh, in the winter as well um, especially in West London where like it's a bit more urbanised it'd be nice to keep things clean I try to as well whenever I like and I'm around like I try and get stuff out of the canal like I think it's one thing you do notice people like the amount of rubbish like people have and how much crap we consume like just from what you see in the water and it's sad yeah so I also noticed rec- it's a fairly recent development in my opinion it's kind of those floating plants like those yeah. steel crates yeah they're annoying sometimes but like yeah they take up space for you right not so much that it's like they don't always get taken care of like when they drained the canal last time on the Hartford Union they just tied them off so like they drained the water and they were just hanging so they all got destroyed Mm. And then, like, they just then tied them into a mooring spot when they were meant to be on the other side of the canal. Mm. So they are really good when they're done properly. There's a few on the Hartford Union that are, like, solid now, though. And they're really good because they're meant to help, like, with the local, like, flora and fauna and stuff and, yeah. the, and, the, and the actual health of the canal. Yeah. So, because obviously loads of boats on the water is not the safest water conditions. What's the, what's the actually state of the, the, the environment and, like, the, the biology in the canal do you the know water anything is about awful. The, really? the water is like sewage basically I was just I, really it's all, like if you can go onto a website so like uh, Hackney Marshes um, people like to swim in this like river that comes off of it and that is like pure garbage like pure sewage basically like there was a study that you can find online somewhere that literally says how much shit like actual shit they're pumping into it Wow, where does it come from? From like businesses and stuff, and like. But is it like illegal? No, it's totally fine. Like they are, there is loads of efforts now to try and like stop them from pumping sewage into it, especially further up on the Lee, like towards Tottenham and stuff. I think there's there's a few things that do. So like during lockdown, uh, through the winter as well, like because we were parked outside the university, probably once a week a student would jump in. Yeah, I. I, And it baffles me that the uni doesn't like warn them how bad it is. Like you're meant to go to hospital and like get checked and stuff. Really? Yeah, it's like you can get like all sorts of shit from there because of the rat piss as well like rats rat urine is pretty bad like all that sort of stuff and then all the rubbish and then obviously diesel that comes out of the boats and whatever else people pump all like sadly obviously the only stuff that's meant to go out of the boat into back into the canal is our grey water so like shower water and then you're washing up and then if your bilge gets water in you can pump it out as long as it's not like if there's oil and shit in that water you can't pump it out into the canal you've got to dispose of it which is a whole other palaver um, that sounds like a problem because we don't pay council tax so we don't have and we have no proof of address it's hard to go to like recycling facilities and dispose like if you refit your kitchen for instance you can't leave it at the bins because that's for household waste only um, you have to then you're meant to properly dispose of it which is a whole other yeah mm-hmm. issue for that um, but like actually the grey water is not so bad because uh, when you use like Ecova or like even Ferry Liquid it's actually good for the 
like the biodiversity in the water. So when you see the diesel boats come past and they like, if any drips into the water, when you pour the fairy liquid on it, it all disperses. Yeah, it's quite it's quite fun to do sometimes. Yeah. Even though I know it's obviously not good having the diesel in there, it's funny to watch it. Yeah. Well, what's because there's, do you know how many people live on the boats in London? I think through this whole like safety zone thing, they said they're saying like four thousand boats in London. Mm. I think around that. So it's only going to be a few thousand people. Yeah, and there's a lot of like boats where people have a boat because they like to have it for the summer. So they just live in a flat and they have a boat and they just move it every couple of weeks. You hope oh, sometimes wow. they don't. That's another thing as well. Like parts of the community are like people Airbnb in their boats at the moment, which is like technically not legit because you're not meant to rent your boat unless it's permanently moored. So mm-hmm. there's like that. So you get people who are really inexperienced who aren't really taking things seriously. Um, you get loads of like things like that, like people trying to rent stuff on London boaters often get shut down very quickly or removed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's what's the? Because I saw a couple of Airbnbs offers for to stay on a boat. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. What's oh. the what's the situation? So I think that? I think they can do it as long as they're on a permanent mooring. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can do it for them to like just live on your boat for a weekend. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, I'm pretty sure that's what it, what mm-hmm. it is. I think there are some that are run as like businesses maybe. So like someone's driving, but like you're just sleeping on it. Yeah. From what I gather, like they have function boats as well. Like there's ones that just cruise as well, like for day trips and stuff. And then obviously people can hire boats for the day as well, which is like a nightmare around this way, I think. Like I think Camden's where the pleasure boats yeah uh, uh affluent but when i cruised through london i lucked out because there was no boats no yeah. one was moving because it was like yeah it was only like a week after lockdown so there was no there was no one at the locks because obviously people were just not really out and about yet so i had quite a lucky yeah lucky escape of not having to deal with all that shit but um what's the because if if you're saying there's a, a few thousand people living on those boats well, why it, is it that there isn't just more done for them to basically make their life easier? I think, yeah, the Canal River Trust probably a... There's a, lo- there's a lot of speculation. Like, I'm not going to solidify and say that, like, they're total shit. They're pretty useless in a lot of senses. But I think, yeah, just having... We're a lot of work for them. I think that's what it is, all the boats. So I think rather than make a system that works... A lot of the people who work for them as well don't live on boats. Like all the like people in the offices and like, even when you talk to like the the day to day people, a lot of them aren't boaters as well. So I get the feeling maybe they don't really understand how things go. Right. Like they're not like getting on the like, but they do actually have a program where the staff can come and like hang out with you, mm. like have a boat buddy system so like they can get a better understanding. But I think it's the people right at the top who who are in charge of like the money and stuff, and those geezers are making and women are making loads of bank as well. Like, but we're kind of getting a raw end of it, I think, sometimes. Mm. But then we don't help ourselves a lot of the time. Like, when you go to loads of the, the rubbish points, they're a fucking mess. Like, the one at Vicky Park is always overflowing with rubbish. So they're not helping themselves, but obviously those facilities as well get used by the public. Like, I've been using water points before and someone's tried to turn the tap off to try and fill something up, and I'm like, but we pay, and we pay for this. Like, this is what my license covers, and people don't always get that. So fly tipping's a huge problem as well. Um... I think, yeah, that probably just pisses them off when we're just like, oh, we want more facilities, but we can't take care of the ones we have. But there's, a, there's loads of, like, twos and fro's with it, it, it. What's the Canal and River Trust in charge of? I, I don't think I've 
they, they're like the charity that's in charge of all the canal system in, in the UK. Mm. So they don't own, I think there's like, no, like, so on the app, like the navigation probably goes from, the app's also a bit useless sometimes. Yeah, like you, I cruise my boat all the way from say, Kendall, so like in, in the lakes, uh, it's like the furthest northern point, all the way down to, I can get all the way down to like, Guildford, mm-hmm. Basingstoke, they're like some mm-hmm. of the end points. There are other rivers you can go onto, I think, as well with your boats, but they're not like, ra- like maintained by the, the Canal River Trust. But um, that just means they're in, like they take care of like our license and they, they, they get all the money from our licenses and it goes towards like upkeep of the rivers and the locks and yeah. the facilities and things like that. So um, I think what we'll probably see from them is, is an increase in the price of, of our license. And I think that eventually will price people out. Mm-hmm. That's what I imagine they will do. Yeah. It makes the most simple sense, right? Like if we're costing them a lot of money and charge us more money and then what will happen is the people on bigger boats will sell up for smaller boats or just sell up and leave or move um, somewhere where it's cheaper otherwise. So that'd be interesting to see. But for the most part, yeah, they just they just deal with all the maintenance and, and upkeep and stuff. Right. So. And the, the whole canal system across England, is it connected? Is it- yeah. Yeah, it, I think there's bits in Scotland, but you have to take your boat out of the water to get there. So like I said, you can go, my boat has actually been through most of the canal systems in the UK. Um, I think it's done, oh God, was it like 8,000 locks? Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. That's like wow. a hell of a lot of journey. Like I could take it up to, to like, I've, well, I've taken it. So yeah, I went through. That's a crazy engineering. Yeah. And it's so simple. When you think of it, like a lock is not a, when you explain it to people, when you're at a lock, they're like, oh, how does it work? And you're like, shut doors, open paddle, shut paddle, open doors. They're like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. And you're like, yeah. And people made this up like hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And like, my history of the canals is awful as well. It's something I need to get, get better at. But, um, but like, imagine all the, all the computation that had to go into oh my this God, to like I know. Make, make the, you know, the, the terrain and yeah. point A and point B, yeah. like level out like, through logs. I think it's Falkirk. I want to go on holiday too because they have this mechanism where basically they used to be when we talk about a flight of locks it's more like it's one like a where you basically get in and you have to do a few in a row so they had a flight of 45 that used to take the entire day and once you started there was no stopping now they have like a ferris wheel mm-hmm. so basically like oh, wow boat goes nice. into a pot at the top boat goes into a pot at the bottom or like even if there's no boat in the in the other one, they fill it, it fills with water, I think, and it just goes whoop, yeah. like a Ferris wheel. And like I saw that and I was like, I'm gonna go on holiday just to go and do that. Yeah. Because nice. I like that's awesome. And that's I think incredible. there's a few in Europe now as well that've implemented it, but and it takes like whatever. Like a, like no time at all compared to what you had to do before. So yeah. So you can even you can can you go to Manchester on yeah. the boat? Yeah, I was in Manchester yesterday and I looked at the canals. Whenever I go somewhere where there's a canal nearby, I always like to go look at it. Are there different kinds of canal? You will look like, oh, this is this type of a canal built in like whenever, and this is like this type of a canal, which is like because it looks differently. Or I don't know if there's so much like visual that looks different, but I think that obviously they're all split into sections. So there's like the Grand Union, which goes through most of the UK. Um, obviously, with the like the River Lee and the Stalk, uh, which connects into through London, um, along with the Regent's Canal, which we're obviously on like close to now. Um, so I guess it just switches up as you get through different parts of the UK um, and then I guess each city that it goes through would probably have its own 
charm because like especially in the north where like obviously all the trade came like all the industry was yeah. and all the like the warehouses and stuff like even by my friend's house like i was like oh that looks like it would be like a mill and that looks like probably a building that was like loading boats and stuff up so even when you cruise down you see the remnants of that and like you see how it's transformed a little bit more into like modern society as well like london's been bad i think for it like a lot of the buildings that have been rebuilt in london on the canals look like shit king's cross did a good job I feel like they did a yeah. good enough job to keep some character, like to keep some like history with it as well. I feel like you go around there and it feels like how it should. Obviously, it's very new and polished. Um, but they ripped out a building in Broadway Market and they're replacing it with this thing. It looks like shit. It looks where awful. is it? So if you do you know where the new stronghold is? Mm-hmm. It's like right if you come out the doors of stronghold and look sort of left, like yeah. towards like Bethnal Green. It's like mm-hmm. there. Um, there was a really beautiful building that, that I think they used to always use in TV and film and yeah they knocked that down to build flats obviously as they always do yeah. and they just, it just doesn't blend in very well whereas I remember cruising down um, I think we were just outside Milton Keynes and there was like an oh it must be like an old loading dock for like a warehouse and someone had converted it into like into not only like their house and a business but they had like a indoor garage for their boat mm-hmm. and I thought that was awesome that That's was pretty badass. cool. So it was a floating dock. They had their own floating dock, basically, which was yeah. pretty awesome. So they could do their own work and keep it safe and mm-hmm. store it off the water. So yeah, I think it's quite nice to go to some places and see that the canal is still in sort of a, a shit state almost. I guess there's places where like hasn't been renovated, like but it looks cool because it's like true to form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing you notice as soon as you leave London is like how less busy the canals are. Mm-hmm. Like when we cruised down, we went past barely any boats really like there's probably more marinas out there because i feel like there was more marinas because like things are more spaced out but for continuous cruisers like you want double more in anywhere other than london and bristol basically i think like no one has a right to double more on you as well so you can say oh like you can't stay here sort of thing but in the rest of the country no one needs to do it because there's like there's no other boats it's so you've mentioned london you've mentioned bristol are there any other narrow boat you know hot spots i think everywhere has its like region almost like obviously for your licenses and stuff so there must be like communities elsewhere that I seem to pop up on Facebook uh, like on the like the the K&A like on the Avon um, and then like in other spots but yeah I don't think there's anywhere as heavily populated as us two to my knowledge mm-hmm. they're the ones you always hear about yeah. and obviously Bristol's kind of like that because it's got it's own little like van life commune thing as well kick, kicking off Oh really? I think there People was living think, in vans. Yeah, I is think, that a thing in Bristol? Yeah, I think it's been a thing for a while as well. But hmm. that's also kind of like got its own like issues as well. I think, but yeah, for the most part, London's just busy because it's busy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's enough people here already, and obviously with the housing crisis and and recessions and stuff, like people have moved to the water because it's cheaper. Yeah. So I think I was a fifty fifty. Like I moved on board because I was re- I really fell in love with the idea of it, but I also like the money side of things was also yeah. appealing. But now I would say I just love it. Like I just love the lifestyle more than. Are people are are people. Just sometimes they're no. This is not for me. There's there's hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Winter is the the Sparta. That's like leaving the baby on the roof overnight, isn't it? Like winter is when you find out whether you've got the grit to do it. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you've it's one of those things as well. Like it's not just dealing with all the regular shit. It's like oh, in the winter you've got to worry about oh, I can't stay out late because I've got to get home to warm the boat up and things like that. And I get the stove on. Like, mm. mine, Mine's pretty quick to warm up. I'm thankful for that Like every time I What's turn the problem on. if it gets too cold? Is it, is it, can it get damaged or, or is it just not uh, pleasant? Well, things get out? damp and then like damp's pretty 
like bad. bad in boats I think like if you let it get that way um, because like there's not a lot of like flow of like obviously the heating my stove is at one total end of the boat so you've got to get like to get to the bedroom it's got to go down like 35 foot of boat mm-hmm. so I have got a little fan now that blows the air down yeah. that does a good little job yeah, but yeah I think winter time is like when people yeah they want to have like oh you want to have a you want to watch TV at night and like you haven't the the solar's not been kicking in for like three hours and your batteries are low like you've got to like navigate these little things and worry about it and I think having lockdown first winter was quite good to like navigate some of this so this winter's going to be interesting when we have to actually move um, mm-hmm. and then yeah you're like it's nice in the summer when you're close to work like I am now um, but in a few weeks I'll be like further out and then the weather will get shit and you've got to cycle and yeah yeah, yeah, I think winter's definitely probably the one for most people where like it's the make or break for them. Mm-hmm. For what the what about solar? How how much solar can give you in terms of exactly what you're saying? If you want to watch TV, play some video games, charge your phone, things like that. How so, far can solar take you on a boat? I've got one f- like three thirty five watt panel. So is it like just one panel? Yeah, I've just got okay. one panel on the top. I've got four leisure batteries, so they they run like the the twelve volt system. Um, obviously I do have two 40 volt sockets as well that run off the inverter um, but now I've got like a few USB sockets just like cigarette yeah. ones that I've, I've wired into some of the lights or I've wired the lights out and put those in instead so they make a massive difference because I can do my phone I can do like USB-C stuff as well so annoyingly not my laptop because I don't think it's, it's a good enough socket yet but mm-hmm. like even in the evenings like if my batteries are still at like 12.9 like when they're fully charged like I can get a laptop charge or two out of them off the inverter without being too worried I can watch the TV for a bit as well because I just I stream the internet off my phone mm-hmm. you find these little like tricks like before I was like streaming the internet off my phone to my laptop then plugging the laptop into the TV if I wanted to watch it on the TV and then I was like that's a stupid idea so I got an Amazon Fire Stick yeah so you skip a step of charge yeah. like, you yeah. start to realise like alright I have to power this this and this to get that or i can just do this and this this is you know this is so interesting from a kind of like almost philosophical point of view because you get to understand and even maybe like appreciate how much how how good we have it how comfortable oh for sure yeah yeah definitely like and it also shows you don't need a lot like Mm -hmm. i've always been i've always tried not to be a consumer for the most part and I've always been into trying to like buy or for a long time not forever but like for, for the last good five or six years I've always been trying to get like stuff second hand like I don't really buy clothes new and stuff yeah. like that like I like waste and stuff like that so yeah sometimes I think when I see how much weight you see how much waste you produce because like you have to empty your bins and you have to empty your toilet and stuff like that um which I guess is a bit different but yeah you don't get to flush a toilet away that's, yeah that's one thing yeah yeah I see people kind of like Taking the caddies with the yeah. with the kind of container with, with the cassettes, yeah, that's yeah. always fun. Um, people think that's the worst job, but actually, I don't think. It how is. long does it take? How long can, does the the cassette last you? I f- mm, if I'm not like, because I'm right next to work at the moment, it's a bit different. So I can just walk oh, yeah, the toilet. Oh yeah, you don't really use it. Yeah. I haven't showered on the boat for like two weeks. So I should mm. keep it. The work just paid like sixty grand for new showers, so I've been enjoying those yeah. while I can. They're they're very luxurious. Um, normally like a week or so. I would say like you know, and I've got right. two cassettes and then like by the time I fill both up like I could either what if depending on how far the, the, the drop off point is um, like I walked to one the other day and it was shut because it was blocked so then I had to walk all the way like half an hour to another one which was not what I wanted to do with my Monday yeah. Um, so yeah things like that like there's always unexpected shit like you might wake up one day and 
like something really random happens and you're in a hurry and like you've got to deal with it like i woke up the other morning and, and the water had dropped by like a foot and i was like on a massive tilt and i fully like almost shit myself i had to run out and like loosen the lines because they were too tight and push the boat out yeah. and yeah that was like the stressful thing i was like getting ready to go to work and then i was on my way to work and someone's pin had come on like their line had come undone so they were just floating in the middle so then i had to pull them back in so yeah sometimes there's unexpected like it's yeah it's definitely like there's always shit that can happen yeah you always got something to do as well it's like, it's less it's like there's less stability i exactly, guess exactly yeah, yeah. Like, there's more stuff going on yeah it's kind of more like back in the day you know kind of, our yeah. ancestors yeah like, it's think, things go down yeah and to take care of them yeah it's kind of like one of those proud things that you have to make fire to stay warm like you have to fetch water to yeah. like to clean and stuff so it's kind of cool like that in, in that sense but I don't know, some people aren't into that. Yeah, I exactly. Think, I That's, think it, it's just a question of what you're yeah, into. Yeah, I think when people sit down and like, once they get past that honeymoon phase of like, oh, like, this is great and this isn't like, once, yeah, I think pe- people like soon learn whether it's for them or not. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. What's, where do you see the, the community and the, just this lifestyle evolving in London and like what direction is it going? I'm not really sure. It's, it's, I think probably like it's going to get busier because more and more people will move on. Boat prices are ridiculous at the moment. It's about a thousand pound a foot. Um, and that's that's not included. Like that's like for average boats as well. Like people list stuff and I'm like, that's just overpriced because like you look at, the main things you look for when buying a boat is the, is the hole to start with, like how thick is the steel of the hole. Also who made it, like the year can be important. Like in the nineties, the quality has still got a bit shit. Not for all boats, because mine's a nineties boat as well. Mine's ninety two, um, and I saw that the other day, and I was like, oh fuck! Like I hope mine's not shitty. But nineteen ninety two. Yeah, ninety two. How? What's the? What are the oldest boats on the water? Hundred years, I think. The boats are like hundred years old. I think. I think there's like big ones. And the uh, and the average. Probably like ten to twenty. Oh, okay. No, so, sorry, yeah. no. Oh, maybe like twenty to thirty. Sorry, not. 20 oh, okay. 20. So very, yeah. very recent. Yeah, like older boats would have been like my mate's boat was a work boat. Like he would, his boat would have been filled filled with coal or something. Like in its original life, wow. um, his engine is like. It, it, his engine room is like going to some sort of like exhibition. There's like a walkway, like it's really weird. But like he's got the most insane engine. Like when you hear the work boats, they're like. Yeah, he's got one of those. Oh, so when shit. when when he moves, people come out thinking he's selling stuff, but yeah. he's not. Um, and they say like he's got a really like specific rare rareish engine, and they say like you're the custodian of the of the engine, not the owner, because it will outlive you. Yeah. That's how well those were things were built. Um, whereas like my boat wouldn't have been was too it's too young to have been a work boat, so mine was probably like a leisure boat. Mm-hmm. So you can tell from the from the varnish they used on the ceiling, it's fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah like yeah boats now as well like yeah when you're looking for the hole as well you want to look for the thickness of it really as well mm-hmm. mainly like so you know how much you have left uh the thicker the better like mine's 10 mil so that's pretty like that's the top end mm-hmm. um and then on the sides you want like ideally six mil and then on the roof you want four mil so ten six four is what you're looking for and then you want to look at the engine like mm-hmm. uh what brand it is like what state it's in even with the hole as well like they have to black them every two to three years which is basically like the the bitumen paint they put on the bottom yeah. and we call it blacking because it's black 
and uh, that waterproofs the hole basically yeah. and that stops the rust and stuff and there's anodes and things so you want to look for all these little things like it's there's a lot of information online now as well i think to for people wanting to buy boats i was lucky to have loads of help mm -hmm. like i could ask lots of in-depth questions like mine's painted and it's got like a wooden painted effect on it and the first thing my mate was like was that that can't be wood if like that's wood don't buy it because it's going to be a nightmare because obviously wood outside has to be replaced every few few years right because it deteriorates um and he's like that would be too much of a structural ball ache to deal with like it cost you a lot of money to have it carpented in because it was like really specific but it's just painted yeah so it's just paint and like i got a guy the guy at the marina to take a video of him banging on it and then like you can see where if something's chipped away you can see the metal underneath okay. so i was like little things like that like you might not notice those things you think oh cool there's wood like um someone bought like like you can get boats made from wood like one of my friends has got a wooden roof so he can't walk on it like wooden roof yeah wooden roof wow. and i think it's got a little bit of steel underneath it maybe but may or maybe it's just wooden you can't walk on it so he's got to have like gang planks and or patio yeah. and stuff so yeah there's loads of factors really and then i guess um yeah the engine and the whole the engine and the whole the main things i would say what are the life hacks you've learned from life living hacks. in a boat yeah uh i feel like most people's life hacks would be like how to bump the trains from from like getting the greater angler sometimes in the overground you don't have to pay for i think <laughs> like laundry is my life hack like, i can like i can get like a week's worth of laundry and sheets and a set of towels into one of the small washers uh -huh. like, i've got a technique for it now right people say oh yeah it doesn't clean it as well but it's like dude i live on a boat like mo everything's got an oil stain on it or a fucking like rip or something because like yeah you can't have like nice things some days uh -huh. especially you can i think when i get to a point where the boat's less of a work site i'll have a better system for things but like when do you when do you foresee oh God, your boat to be kind never, of never never no it will be so i've got to put a floor i've, I've got a just an underfloor at the moment but i want to put a hardwood reclaimed floor down which i'm going to pick up uh hopefully in the next i'm going to go look at next week and then i've got to do the bathroom which is not a big issue because the like the bathroom is fitted i just need to put uh, the wall panels in and a little bit of floor in um and then the bedroom is going to be quite a big one because it's just going to be like but it's kind of easy because when the rest of the boat is done i can live in there and then just smash the bedroom out because i have storage and stuff so yeah once the bench is built the galley is basically almost done for the most part um and then yeah like the kitchen my friend's gonna like help me revamp some of the kitchen so i was gonna rip it all out and redo it all with ply but it's so expensive at the moment um i'm just gonna vinyl over all the cabinets and get some new countertops and a new sink so Fair. sometimes the little things make a big difference like i painted behind like one wall behind like this shelving cabinet that i made and it made such a difference and i was like but then you do big things and then like you do a big thing and then you've got to do loads of little things to tidy it up as well yeah so yeah you need to like um like crafts and like just working with your hands diy yeah yeah, yeah. like i wouldn't be like i'm a carpenter because i just screw plywood together but i do really enjoy building shit now like, like um it's a uh... But sometimes I will see people literally building boats from scratch, as in like the the, the top of the boat. So they will have the hole, but the, the thing on top. Yeah. They put it all together. There's just lots of plywood, and they're they're making it. I'm like Jesus Christ, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting what you can get away with building, like in and out of the boat. Like I use I built a roof patio during the lockdown, so that's currently my workstation. So I built like I do my sanding and my staining up there. Mm. Just because you don't do it in the boat, because it's just I'm allergic to dust as well. Yeah. Not to sound like a crybaby, but like it gets me sometimes. Like if I if I do anything in the boat and it's a bit dusty, it gets gets me going. So, um, yeah, it's easy to clean as well. 
do you see yourself living on a narrow boat forever or is it like a phase in life? I don't know. I'd, for at least five years because that's how long my loan is. Um, so I plan at least five years and then I'll see what the market is like and where I am in life. But yeah, for now, I can't imagine myself, especially because the, the appeal of living on land in London still doesn't really sit with me because it's so shit. Like, and obviously being single and like not having like the steadiest income sometimes makes like yeah just living on land like a bit more tricky mm -hmm. so yeah unless and obviously because i'm from london i've never really had the ambition to leave london as much as some people like some of my friends who aren't from london like oh well i just either move back to where i'm from or or try a new city it's kind of like more of a norm to them but i've been here so long i'm a bit like institutionalized yeah. i think yeah yeah i love it i do love it here as much as i hate london for the, for the most part like, i do love it like it has everything yeah i hate going to places and you're like not that like i'm a londoner where i'm like oh everything needs to be open 24 hours but like I hate going somewhere they don't just have like certain things like um, not even like shops just like it, it, like I don't know like shitty restaurants or places that, like you go to cities and they just don't have good food yeah but like, something like that like would I couldn't live with but yeah. like I could live with like no 24 hour Tesco yeah I don't give a shit if the cup open 24 hours like there's other things that I'd rather have yeah fair play fair play so would you say about boat for you is it like the element of freedom that it yeah. offers you yeah i like the, the fr freedom of it for sure i like being able to move around and see new places and then like when i was traveling out to chesant this year i stopped in like each almost like every spot like along the way i like dribbled my way out and on the way back i was like oh i didn't like this area and i didn't like this area so i'll skip past that and then i know for next time oh like i know that there's a good laundrette near there so i'll stop there again or there was like something that i liked like you sort of like almost make your own map. People do it on what three words, they just like, they'll put out all like the little things that you might not realize as well, which is really handy. I think what three words is like big with boaters because we want to be specific where we are. Like yeah. when I had to do the census, I gave her my what three words number. Mm -hmm. Well, I gave it to the third person I spoke to because the first two were like, what three words? What, what are you talking about? So I know like for emergency services and stuff that's becoming more, more of a common thing as well. And it's super useful. Yeah, mm -hmm. people leave you like notes, like people might leave notes saying like, sunken boat here and stuff like even on the app you can leave you can leave sunken notes boat. so that you don't hit things as you go through or if there's like services going on and like construction and shit you can find out about that or i just use it sometimes to just remind myself of good little spots mm -hmm. or like don't stay here like don't park in this specific spot because it's like crusty or what's your what's your favorite what's your favorite spot if you could be more than one place you would millfields 100 percent. yeah yeah i think so I, I have fallen in love with stonebridge more but more for the summer like stonebridge is near tottenham like right by ikea mm. um i think for the summer it's really nice because it's like a 35 minute cycle which isn't super close to to work but um but i don't mind because i quite like the, the the journey and it's peaceful and naturey out there but then you can get to like places quite easy yeah and there's a massive Chinese supermarket near it, like mm. the Fung, There's the huge one, so then it means I can just always do nice, shopping. Always do my shopping in there, and there's like a big Tesco, and I and IKEA is always useful to go to. Yeah, you always need shit from IKEA. Yeah, fair, especially if you live on a boat, I guess. Although, man, maybe not, not really, because it's Sometimes not really DIY. Little, little things like cooking shit, yeah, like utensils uh, and frames, odd things. You always find some good little nicks and knacks in there. I feel like the thing about IKEA is that if 
I would live closer to it. I would use it way more, but because they tend to be located quite far yeah. out. Like, yeah, when I lived with my parents, it was only like a 10 minute drive. Yeah. So like, we'd pop there quite a bit if we yeah. needed stuff. So it is, it is handy. Like a lot, again, a lot of my stuff, most of the stuff in my kitchen all came from my nan's house after she passed away. Like every, all my cousins had already, already moved out and bought all their stuff. And I just was like, all right, cool. I've got frying pans, pots, pans. Yeah. All my plates and cutlery and stuff pretty much came from there. So it's quite yeah. nice like to do that. And then I try and do a bit of charity shopping from time to time. Yeah. Like, out that way you're not really moored near any like which i'm kind of excited for more for this winter is being nearer to stuff like into the city as well i'd like to do a few more restaurants and stuff yeah fair. i love cooking but like yeah sometimes it is nice to go out for dinner. yeah i see what you mean well we've done way over an hour which i think is amazing oh, I, I i think we like you killed it man you killed it it was so good the all the all the stuff you've shared here is just priceless i learned so much i like i couldn't thank you more no, that's right, it man. was amazing thank you so much for being here Cheers. and thanks for everyone who will be tuning in